resolved to create a culture of respect in 2013. I started writing my newsletter in 2006. Initially, it was a quarterly publication. In 2009, inspired by the feedback I was receiving, I decided to increase to monthly distribution. Later that year, I got active on social media, started my Road to Respect blog, bought a Sony bloggy, and also started a video blog. In 2012, we added the podcast option for our monthly articles. Sometime in 2012, I accidentally dropped my bloggy on the floor, causing me to temporarily stop video blogging. The good news is that I now have a new video camera and am ready to resume video blogging. The question I am pondering, and one I would like your input on, is what approach would be of most value to you, the members of the Road to Respect community? I'm wondering if you might be interested in receiving a short, under three minutes, monthly video from me. If the answer is yes, my next question is what content would be of most interest to you? Would you like me to expand on one aspect from the monthly Reflections on Respect article? Would you like to have the opportunity to send me questions about building respect at work that I can respond to on the videos? Would you like me to share a short practical tip on building respect at work? I'd be most appreciative if you could take a few minutes to share your thoughts with me. My interest is to support you, not add more stuff to your already overcrowded inbox. We know from our analytics that many of you are consistently reading or listening to Reflections on Respect. If this once-a-month format is working for you, please let us know. I'll share our decision, to video or not to video, next month. It's a new year, a time when many of us are making resolutions. If attracting and retaining top talent and or achieving sustainable business success are goals you've set for 2013, I'd like to suggest that you add creating a culture of respect to your list. In case you're not sure why you might want to make such a resolution or how to achieve it if you decide you do, here's an article I wrote on this subject which appeared in this month in Business in Vancouver's Right Course magazine. I'd also like to invite you to allow me to be your accountability partner to ensure that this is one resolution you will stick to in 2013. Research shows that one of the best ways to support ourselves in adhering to and achieving our resolutions is by sharing them with others, in particular our peers. Given that 88% of us fail to keep our resolutions despite the fact that the majority of us are confident of success at the outset, adopting strategies that will support our success strikes me as eminently sensible. I resolve to support each and every one of you in whatever way works for you if you choose to advise me by phone or email about your interest in creating a culture of respect in 2013. And please, don't only share this resolution with me. The more people you tell, the better the chance for success. The bonus in this resolution is that if you're successful, both you and those you work with will reap the rewards. Are you creating a business culture of respect? Leadership includes ensuring your workplace is clear for considerate communication. A number of years ago, I heard a story from a participant in a respectful workplace workshop. On her third or fourth day at work, she joined a table in the lunchroom with a few other members of her new team. 
A supervisor walked in, heated up her lunch, and left. When the supervisor left, everyone at the table began to talk about her in a very insulting and degrading manner. The new employee interrupted and told her colleagues that she was really uncomfortable with what she was hearing. She said that they all stopped talking and looked at her. They seemed completely taken aback by her comment. It was as if, she told me, they had no idea what they were saying. Speaking negatively, gossiping, maligning someone was a habit, what they routinely did, a, quote, cultural norm, unquote, in that workplace. So the question I would like you to consider is this. Are you leading a workplace that has a culture of respect? Are you aware of how people in your workplace interact with each other? Are you aware of the conversational norms, the way they talk, the jokes they share, what I call the micro-behaviors that characterize our workplace relationships and shape our cultures? The fact is, our vernacular is sprinkled with conversational norms that have discriminatory roots that serve to perpetuate disrespect. Popular humor in particular often focuses on gender, religion, or ethnicity. The subject of joking comes up a lot when I'm doing respectful workplace training. What's wrong with telling an off-color joke if everyone is okay with it? The assumption is that if people laugh and don't raise an objection to what they are hearing, that means that they are okay with it. My experience working with issues of workplace disrespect has proven otherwise. Most employees will not make the choice the young woman made to speak up and object to what she was hearing. As a rule, most of us put up and shut up rather than speak up. As I share with my audiences, even if people laugh or don't object, that doesn't mean that they are comfortable with the joke or comment or that they don't find it offensive. It just might mean that they'd rather laugh and be considered part of the group than be the person who speaks up and spoils everyone's fun. Or they're worried that if they speak up, they'll be the next one targeted. The passage of Bill 14, which amends the Workers' Compensation Act of BC to allow for compensation for work-related mental disorders resulting from workplace bullying and harassment, has now expanded the issue of behavioral liability for employers. Practically translated, this means that employers need to understand what is really going on in their workplaces. To find out, become proactive rather than reactive when it comes to workplace respect. Take steps to create a workplace culture that will support healthy, empowered relationships and ensure that the issue of liability becomes a non-issue in your workplace. 1. Shift from assumption to curiosity. Don't assume that the fact that you are not hearing anything about problems means that there aren't any. Instead, make a choice to get curious about your cultural norms, the characteristics of relationships, the status quo in your workplace. Two, get the respect conversation started. Create a safe environment to talk about the micro-behaviors that can damage workplace relationships, productivity, and teams. Start asking others to share their workplace reality with you. What it's like to work in the office from their perspective. If no one seems willing to talk, it could be that people are fearful to speak up. Take an honest look at the power dynamic of your workplace, how it is manifested, how it is expressed, and how it impacts workplace relationships. 
I frame harassment and bullying as power-based behaviors because our ability to engage in those behaviors, how we respond to those behaviors, is directly related to the dynamic of power. When power-based behaviors are, quote, cultural norms, end quote, fear characterizes workplace relationships. This is a problem for a number of reasons. Fear causes people to be silent about issues and problems that are affecting them at work. In addition, neuroscience has established that fear inhibits focus, productivity, and creativity. There is a direct correlation between workplace disrespect and fear and the organizational bottom line. 4. Don't ignore disrespect. Deal with it. Make sure employees that you want to Make sure employees know that you want to hear about and are prepared to take action to deal with workplace disrespect. Taking action does not mean a direct path to termination. It means starting the conversation, normalizing conflict, and setting respectful behavioral expectations for everyone, in particular workplace leaders. Coach and support them to be able to demonstrate respectful behavioral norms and hold everyone, and I mean everyone, accountable for doing so. Look to human resources to support, not own, the conversation. Five, lead by example. As Albert Schweitzer wrote, example is not the main thing in influencing others, it is the only thing. Think about your belief systems, behavioral norms, and leadership style. How do you express and manifest your power? What choices do you make if you hear an off-color joke or gender-related comment or witness bullying behavior? Model the respectful behavior you want others to emulate. Build relationships and trust. Empower employees to make the choice that session participant did. To speak up and walk the talk of respect at work. 